Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to Mintel Little Conversation, where experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom, and think. I'm Dana Mackey, Research Director at Mintel. I'm recording today from the city of our U.S. headquarters, Chicago. This is actually our last episode of Season 2 of Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. As we're heading into the last few weeks of 2020, I think like everybody else, we're pretty eager to put this year behind us and start celebrating New Year's early. So today, we're not going to talk about 2020, a 2020 wrap-up. We're going to start looking into 2021 and bring you some of the opportunities that are happening in our consumer categories. At this point in the podcast, normally I would have our guests introduce themselves, but we don't have any guests today because our panel is made up of hosts. So I'll start with the hosts saying hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Davidson, SVP and Chief Insights Officer for Compare Media based in New York uh, and a host of this podcast. And I've been predicting the future of credit card market marketing for the last 25 years. Hi, my name is Matthew Crabb. I'm the Director of Trends in Asia Pacific for Mintel. I've been with the company pushing 10 years. Uh, I used to be a retail analyst and now I'm uh, more of a futurist. Hi, everybody. My name is Sam Dover. I'm a senior beauty and personal care analyst in the Mintel London office writing reports on the UK market. And like Matthew, I also used to um, work in retail as well. So I've got a background there too. I'm Edward Bergen and I've been at Mintel for six years and I sit as a global food and drink analyst in the, the food and drink platform team um, and used to be a retailer too um, with some uh, of UK's supermarkets. And I'm Andrew McDougall. I'm the Global Associate Director of Beauty and Personal Care Research at Mintel. Um, I specialize a lot in hair care and skincare. Uh, and I'm just excited to be here, Dana, if I'm honest. Thank you everyone for joining us. We have a lot of expertise in the room and I'm excited to get started. Um, because, because of the nature of the year, we've talked a lot about economic downturn decline in 2020. So I really want to move away from that um, because I know there's a lot of bright spots and opportunity, especially in our hardest hit categories. So for 2021, as consumers have kind of been twiddling their thumbs this year, where with nowhere to go and nothing to do, what do we think are going to be some of the areas where consumers want to spend their money or what does that demand look like heading into the new year? Well, when I think about 2021, I mean, I feel like we've really got sort of no choice but to be somewhat optimistic. I mean, assuming goes well, you know, people are going to start getting vaccinated. Um, so, and, and if you put your mind into that, you know, if you, if you think about that, if you put your mind into 2021 and people getting vaccinated and things starting to get back to normal, then sort of my mind goes to this sort of idea of like pent up demand and you know leading to a potential surge in spending so i mean we don't know when that's going to take place i mean that's the key we just don't know when but you know we started to see expressions start to emerge um you know going sort of on the internet there's this expression revenge travel uh which has come up um we saw it more recently in the sort of expression of sort of revenge shopping which is all around uh was all around thanksgiving and this is this you know this idea that we're all frustrated we've all cancelled vacations we've missed weddings we've missed birthdays and we all want to make sure that 2021 isn't a dud like 2020 so from a financial services perspective so when i'm thinking about that you know it all adds up to revenge spending and of course that means there are plenty of sort of opportunities for banks and and, and credit card companies you know, to be there for consumers 
you know, as they navigate that journey, whether it's, you know, through credit card rewards or, or benefits on credit cards, or whether it's providing financing or just sort of more seamless ways um, to pay for things. You know, it's this, um, you know, as we start to spend more, you know, there are plenty of opportunities along the way. I will say, though, I, you know, obviously there's this, you know, we're being optimistic today, right? But there is this like two-tiered economy. There's this sort of two-tiered world that we live in. Right. So on the other hand, you know, you've got a lot of people who won't be participating in that uh, surge in spending. But, you know, but then on, on the other hand, for banks and credit card companies, just companies, there are opportunities there too, right? So people are struggling financially. You know, how do we help consumers on their final, financial journey? How do we help them navigate that, um, you know, that, that financial situation? I like the idea of revenge spending, revenge travel, although I don't really know who we're getting revenge on. Are we getting revenge on COVID? Is that, Hell yes. is that the revenge piece? <laughs> okay, yes. All right. I think I that think ironed so. out any of the questions I had about that. Definitely getting revenge. I just think it's worth coming in now. I've been um, talking, we've been talking about this Christmas loads. So right now, I know this isn't about that, but obviously it's going to be a weird Christmas where we're not going to be spending a huge amount and we're going to be with small groups. Um, yeah. So I've been writing a little bit about the idea that we're going to have Christmas in July, you know, that old term Christmas in July, that this is going to be the biggest barbecue event ever. And um, hopefully we'll have sporting events and you don't have to spend a lot of money to get together with all your friends um, over the summer and, and do that drinking and the eating and the binging and the having fun. Um, and I think that it's going to be a great comeback. Let's hope by the summer it's yeah. going to be, you know, we're really going to want a party. Um, and I'm quite looking forward to it, to be honest. What do you, how do you and then even at Christmas, I was out by my Christmas tree yesterday and I was, you know, at the same time, I, I, I read an article yesterday that said that Christmas trees are... 50% up in terms of, you know, everyone wants to get their sort of real Christmas tree and the, the, the farms mm. that make the trees are running out, you know. It's an, I will be happy, you know. People are like, yeah. I will be happy. Yeah. Whatever's going on, I'm going to maximise the opportunity to be happy during this, you know, now and also throughout next year. I think it's important what Andrew said, though, about the two-tier thing in terms of, I think there will be people who want this revenge spending and do want to go out, but there is also going to be these people that have adapted their spend because of the situation now it has been months it's been almost a year that some people have really changed their patterns of behavior uh, for example in beauty um, which is mine and sam's um, sort of special area um, is it's definitely the case that people are realizing that they'll reevaluate what they have on their shelves they'll think about what they're spending their money on they may buy less product um, but they may also uh, just buy more luxury. But there may also be people that don't go out and revenge spend. There could be people that are still anxious to go out and do this. We know that people are anxious to go back to salons, for example. So I think there, I think it's important. We do have this two-tier. I think there are going to be these people that are on Ed's bubble of excitement, but I think there's also going to be these other people that are still going to be very cautious and very anxious throughout 2021 as well. So it's important that we recognize the opportunity there as well. How do we get, how do we get to those consumers? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, um, so I'm based in Asia Pacific. Um, you know, one of the biggest events in retail world, not just in Asia Pacific, but globally happened last month. And of course, that was 11-11. And um, they, they racked up. I think it was just the, the Alibaba various sites racked up something just shy of 1 trillion yuan in sales in one day which is just phenomenal. So, I mean, yes, revenge spending uh, writ large, I suppose. But, um, you know, one of the things that we've, we saw in China, for example, was that after uh, the pandemic uh, went away there, uh, people were still very cautious. So there was this 
one side, which is the, the caution because people didn't know what was going to happen next. But at the same time, there's this, yeah, let's start spending again. Let's uh, reboot the economy and so on. And I think, um, you know, with the IMF and uh, the Asia Development Bank, sort of looking at the economies of Asia uh, rebounding next year, I think we're going to see a lot to, of, of that, that rebound in spending. Um, but it will have changed people, this whole experience. I think people are rightly looking for better quality. They're putting off purchases, looking for more information. They're being more demanding of brands to come up with better reasons to buy. So it's not that people don't want to buy, but they want to buy something that's going to be adaptable, have various different uh, uh, uses so that you know you're getting more bang for your buck um, so we're seeing that change in perspective in the way people are spending and, and what they're demanding from brands uh, and this is one of the things i'm going to mention this now that we mentioned in our new 2021 trends that have just been published i'm going to come back to that again <laughs> plug 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 <laughs> So I think one of the things that I think we need to recognize as well is that, you know, there's anxieties around going out and that'll impact spend. But on top of that, it's I think Andrew touched on it as well. It's those, those different budgets. I think there's opportunities there to cater to consumers at different budgets. And one of the things that we've been talking a lot about in the UK beauty market is the kind of growth of mastige beauty brands um, since the last recession, which has really given consumers a kind of new price point, which we think is going to kind of have a big impact on on prestige going forward because these brands kind of offer the formulas the you know the results that are available at a much higher price point but at a more affordable position and I think that's one of the things that there's a big opportunity there and also it's gonna as I say have an impact on prestige as we go forward um, so yeah I think that's an opportunity, but also a challenge, depending on where you sit in the market. Because well, yeah, one of the things that was fascinating during the pandemic, you know, you, in terms of spend, people started spending differently. Um, and, you know, as we now, we talk about like this sort of pent up demand, you know, sort of what, where, where, you know, start thinking about where they're going to spend again. I find it's really interesting when you look at like the, the stock market, which of course is a, you know, it's a leading indicator of where, of what, what, you know, what things might, what, what things might happen. And of course the Dow, the Dow Industrial Average um, was up like at record levels last week. But of course, where are the since the vaccine announcement? What are the stocks that are up? It's travel, you know, it's retail, you know, it's real estate, you know, it's all these all of these uh, areas of spending which were sort of in, were decimated really uh, by the pandemic. But you know, you've seen these like some companies that have emerged. We had we had a, earlier in the in our season we had I had a great podcast. Um, um, with Thomas Slide and Mark Miller, we were talking about buy now, pay later. And, you know, brands that had emerged on the scene, almost like made for the moment, you know, with this installment financing, which, you know, where consumers can spread their payments over time. So these are the likes of Affirm or Afterpay and Sezzle. You know, these are the companies that will continue perhaps to, you know, make the most of these opportunities as we sort of navigate the, the economic situation going forward. Yeah, although firstly, like the Peloton bike, you know, where they're, they've realized yeah. that no one's going to the gym. You can pay £45 a month and for two years and you've basically got an amazing gym at home with an amazing piece of equipment, even though it costs, you know, £1,800 or whatever it is. Um, yes. On, on that one, on the appliances or that kind of idea that we're shopping for um, 
we you know we are pipe buying our pay later there's been a big thing this year where um food appliances firstly the technology coming out is insane you know there's new things all the time with multiple you know, air fryers and um slow cookers and uh, pressure cookers all in one and you know all different um you know products we know the bread maker did well this year we saw big sales of those but i think that and answering andrew's point earlier you can get some of these items quite um quite cheaply and coupled with consumers capability to cook which we know is definitely improved this year that opportunity to maybe um offer you know new cooking opportunities to consumers so we're seeing new meal kits that they can use uh, that they can cook in their appliances that they've bought um especially you know cooking at home might continue for especially for those nervous consumers who might want to do some food tourism at home instead of traveling abroad so there's been a few like little bits in the market that's really going to help consumers to um things like cooking and buying new products that they may never have tried before because the accessibility has improved um so there's a few little bright spots there yeah i just want to pick up on that because one of the interesting points about appliances um back in may uh we were reporting on uh, the, the the consumer market in india and one of the things that happened there was that people started buying huge amounts of dishwashers because well you think about it you know you're stuck at home for a start and in india a lot of people have domestic help and of course, that domestic help couldn't come in. So what, I'm not going to wash my own dishes. I'm going to get a dishwasher instead. So, but that that was part of a sort of the initial spike in spending, if you like, on the home. But then that sort of morphed over the months this year. And we've seen people really getting into sort of a home decor, buying new furniture, that sort of thing, because they're stuck in their homes. And, and they think, well, you know, let's let's you know reorganize this a bit better they're nesting so they're nesting exactly <laughs> now one of the things that's interesting in that is what and this is more of a question is if people nest in that way and develop their home spaces will they start going back out in the same way again or are they going to start using that home space in different ways i just wonder if, if you've got any perspectives on that again that seems to be the real split because it's kind of like you get some people that are just so like oh yeah I've, i can change everything right now like for example in beauty we saw things uh, like products that have always existed such as like dry shampoo they were repositioned i think batiste did it really well they positioned it around zoom calls so it was the idea that yeah before you come on a zoom call um you just quickly use your dry shampoo on your hair have a little freshen up and do all that so it was this whole kind of thing of making your desk and your office space um, as functional as possible. And I think there are people that are probably adapt to that, realize that they don't have to spend so much on the commute potentially or be away from family as much. But I do also think there has also been a huge clamor of people though that are like, I can't wait to get back. I need to get back. I want to get back. This is, this is literally just a stopping point. Um, and I think we do, sometimes we tend to think, okay, this is a, the, new, the next normal or the new normal. Things are changing, but actually, how much is, I think that's a great question, Matthew, because like how much is actually going to change? Because how much, as some people are just going to be like, well, I'm just, I'm just on hold right now until I go back to normal. So again, there's opportunities. There's so many opportunities to hit all these different types of consumers, just knowing them better. And that splits even more globally because you, you mentioned earlier about like Singles Day, for example, and you mentioned obviously Chinese New Year coming up uh, in China. That I think those cultural differences and the way that each country or each market has emerged from the pandemic has been so different and we're all at different stages now that again there's going to be such a difference i think again in what is going to work in different markets what will work in one market won't work in every single market so i think identity is going to become really important i mean that's kind of the million dollar question right is like which of these 
behavior shifts will stick long term and which will people just completely abandon once they can? I think one of them, um, and I think it's, uh, you, might, might, you might be able to just sort of confirm this, but when mm. we had SARS in the Far, in the far East, that the yeah. capability of shopping online, um, it never really declined again. So they got there. No, no, so it, it, was, it, was, it was, SARS was really important for the growth of online shopping. So uh, before that, people just didn't trust it. And then they had no choice. So they went into it. And also interestingly, at the same time, people didn't trust going out to restaurants because restaurants they thought were, were a source of SARS. So one of the things that really took off at that time was fast food, because fast food is wipe clean hygienic so fast that's when fast food really took off in china as well so you had this sort of combination of the fast food growth plus the online retail growth so it all, all came back to really the service that people weren't getting before and then they started de- you know demanding that service and then that changed retailers just to throw in one thing here that was which is interesting it's like you know i mentioned earlier you know the stocks that were on the rise of course after news of the vaccine was like travel and retail etc but of course the stocks that decline on news of the vaccine peloton you know zoom you know some of these things that we've been refer- you know referring to and using so much uh, during the pandemic i think one industry where we've seen we've seen some some lasting change or might be lasting changes in movie theaters we got the announcement last week that warner brothers will be releasing all their 2021 2021 movies that are in theaters on hbo max at the same time for 30 days kind of eliminating that theatrical release window that we've had forever um, where movies first come out in theaters and then they come out on streaming and now they're doing these dual releases and there's a big question mark how do studios and theaters work together how are movies being distributed and that might change for good at least at least for the next year it definitely will um, and probably moving forward because it's some of these things they're hard to walk back right once you offer this type of flexibility to consumers how do you then back paddle and say, well, actually, I know yes. we eliminated bag, bag fees or change fees on flights because of COVID, but now COVID's not a thing. So you, you're going to have to pay those fees again. Like that's a really hard message to communicate in some of these categories. I, I was walking past the cinema in New York with my wife the other day. She was like, as soon as that's open, I'm getting straight back in there. And I sort of did a double double take. And I was like, yeah, I don't think cinemas are going anyway, uh, going away. I, um, I feel the same way. I can't that. wait. Yeah. But I wonder yeah. though as well, you made a good point there, but I wonder if, this this whole pandemic, this whole situation this year has only just accelerated what was. It's not like, I mean, I know some new things have been, have birthed from this year, but I think in a lot of cases, it's been, these things were happening anyway. For example, your streaming example, there were, what with the streaming battles that have been going on with, I mean, I'm not going to try and name them all because we're all in different countries as well. So we all have different streaming services available, but the amount of films that were being launched on streaming services anyway now was growing, not as quickly as it will on, and is now. But again, that was an idea that has now been accelerated and then I, I guess online shopping is the same in the sense that we were always i know that sam's spoken for years in the beauty space talking about how online retail has been growing anyway and people are becoming more trusting in beauty anyway of um sort of uh, online purchases but again it's just been accelerated more so i don't know like sam i don't know if you could pitch in there and you probably know a lot more than i will in terms of talking about this this subject yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it's one of the things that I've argued about forever is online is important. I feel like in so many categories, we've been so, we've ignored it, not necessarily ignored it, but kind of pushed it to the side a little bit and gone, oh, well, it'll, in stores will always be 
important and they will and it's one of the things that I do hark on about is that these two channels just support each other it's just that it's how you implement it and it's about making sure that you're giving consumers what they want at every touch point and as Andrew said I think we've we've opened up online to a whole new audience now people who really wouldn't have bought items certain items online so certain beauty products online have now had to and if they've had success then they'll go okay I'll do that again it opened up in terms of expanding what people are willing to buy online so those little purchases that they would normally think it's too much of a hassle to buy it online and wait for it now they've become more accustomed to doing that and I think it's going to be about a how you evolve that online experience to meet those demands so we've seen some more innovation around making websites easier to use for you know people with disabilities people of different age groups I think that's a big opportunity and then on top of that it's then about reevaluating what the role of a store is so I mean we've seen an awful lot in the press about the death of the high street once again um because we've obviously had some big names big retailers fail in the uk in recent weeks but i think it's spend will naturally move back into stores people like shopping in physical spaces they just want more from those physical spaces they want to shop in environments that they enjoy and like being in um and so those kind of physical spaces are going to be about selling your brand and selling an identity as much as they are products on on that idea of high street um is that we've been talking a lot and one of our trends um this year um is looking at local quite a bit we that comes up quite a lot and you know is the high street going to recover because consumers especially if they maybe they are spending more time at home are going to be visiting their own high street more does this mean that we can go back to things like greengrocers and butchers and cheesemongers that are now getting removed from our supermarkets but could they then recover on high streets i don't know if you're seeing that in other places um around the world but there is idea that you're going to be supporting local economy again you're going to be helping local business you're going to be um this is linked to sustainability overall and also the idea of quality that you're going to be able to pick something up that's super fresh that's from just around the corner rather than from somewhere else in the world that's been you know traveled across the world to reach your supermarket um so we think that local will continue to do well and potentially get a boost as a result of this well the trend you're looking for is called sustainable spaces i'll just get that plug in there (laughs) (laughs) plug 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 Um, but yes, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think one of the things that was, again, interesting in, in Asia was that, um, and coming back to this point about uh, the marriage between online and offline, uh, was how retailers used um, the, the physical retail space during this lockdown. And for example, in-time department stores in China, uh, they had to still pay their staff and their staff still had to go into the store. So what they got them to do is like, you know, as you go into the co- uh, cosmetics counter, you get the, you know, somebody gives you a demonstration of the, of the, of the cosmetics. So rather than doing that in store, they live streamed it. So you could still have that experience. You could still have that connection, that engagement with the consumer. And that's now stuck now on social media. Tesco's in Thailand, for example, are doing cookery classes uh, online through live streaming, Facebook, whatever. And at the same time as you're watching these cookery um, demonstrations, you can buy their products. So it's brilliant. So, uh, the, you know, the, you're this managing to sort of balance between the two. 
And I think, again, you know, one of the things that we're starting to see and one of the things we talk about in our trends for this year is, is how we start to rethink those uh, urban spaces, those commercial spaces. So, I mean, one, one of the, you know, the areas that's been really badly hit, of course, is commercial space, not just retail, but you think about office space, shared offices, all that sort of thing. So, really, we're going to have to be quite imaginative in how we use that space or reuse that space. And I think, again, there's an opportunity. How do we create that experience for the consumer using this space that's now probably quite cheap in some places? Uh, that's got to be an opportunity. It just takes the imagination to rethink how we use that space in, in a different way for a different purpose or perhaps the same for purpose, but just to deliver a new experience for consumers. Yeah, I think that's a big opportunity in beauty. And I think it's one of those things that I've been arguing about for, again, a very long time. But I think like in department stores is a perfect example because to me, the traditional department store beauty hall is so dated it kind of ignores the fact that people have a very large brand assortment in their in their bathroom cabinets and we don't department stores don't facilitate that they don't allow brand consumers to very easily shop across several different brands and i think that's one of the things that department stores could fight back on and have a bit of a usp in the fact that if they can introduce more services we've already seen brands can these retailers introduce things like beauty concierge services in store to help people shop across those different um brands but there's still more opportunity to blur that line across those different brands and give kind of change the experience that you're getting something different to what you're getting online for example I think, yeah, I think I heard the announcement. I think it was very recently as Sephora is moving into Coles. Is that why the beauty, have you heard of that one? The beauty experts um, in the US. Um, just uh, the, or just uh, to sort of build on those comments, I do think that it's been one of the, you know, obviously small businesses were disproportionately impacted in an obviously negative way, hugely, hugely, certainly here in the US. Uh, but those but those brands that have been able to sort of really sort of think uh, long-term, like to your point, Matt, you know, like really think about the future, I think have been, you know, sort of investing in the future, like examples like American Express continue to invest in their airport lounges or, you know, some cruise liners, you know, cruise, the, the cruising industry has been de devastated, but like some, some of these companies continuing to, to build new cruise ships, you know, and sort of seeing this as an opportunity to sort of almost invest um, uh, and sort of build up uh, their brands and build up their capabilities so that the other side, they can sort of come out um, ahead of the game so it's been interesting to see how some of those uh, brands have evolved on, on that idea of um i guess new new opportunities maybe some new brands that are going to evolve um i think this year that one of the cap with the capabilities um that's increased is consumers that's the right word consumers knowledge around what in the food and drink space what food and drink um what different functionalities food and drink has um you know sim a simple one might be that uh, we've had a lot of talk about vitamin d for example um that people are taking those supplements because linked to covid19 and so on they've learned that it's good for you but i think that's the same across a lot of different um ingredients so i think that there's consumers knowledge has increased which brings new opportunities for new brands to do um you know talk about food and drink in different ways we had a great example uh, last week where i think in singapore um they've they've launched uh, cultivated meat for the first time but actually they've launched it for the consumer and we're going to see this growth of um, lab grown um, maybe more swiftly than before because consumers are trusting science a little bit more after this year um, and also maybe have a few fears around the meat that they're eating so that idea of quality um 
becoming quite important to them. So I think that there's a series of you know new opportunities for um, I guess in that health and wellness space and and that, that science space um, that maybe consumers wouldn't have trusted before that now they're they're really up for it. Yeah, I think with that, I think you can't I don't think you can kind of have any of those things without better traceability and it comes back to this kind of support local idea everybody's shouting about you know support local businesses which is obviously great but at the same time there's going to be to be more evidence in terms of how much you're actually supporting local businesses and you know so if you're supporting that local retailer down the you know that local grocer that local um store have they actually where have those products come from um what's the supply chain is it actually that local or has it you know where's it been shipped from and it's, it's going to be all about that we need far more transparency throughout the supply chain so that consumers can actually see exactly what they're buying and where it's come from because you know there's no point kind of saying that you're producing things you know sustainably if or you're kind of selling sustainable goods if you're not getting them to your store in a sustainable way and things like that i think there'll be a lot more pressure in terms of that going forward particularly in the beauty industry as well traceability and transparency is something we've always battled with probably more so than a lot of other industries so that's definitely going to be the case and i definitely think coming on from the sustainable spaces and this whole community pillar that we've been talking about now i do also think it's it's right as well to shout out for sustainable issues we've seen how human pollution or the lack of human pollution has affected uh, the planet in a big way and i think sustainability is one of those things that maybe in 2020 hasn't been the priority at the top of our minds but i definitely think it's now going to see an acceleration off the back so again there's your opportunity as well those brands that can play in that space and rather than just using the buzzword and just dropping the word in there i think actually being sustainable showing you're being sustainable uh, in beauty we've already seen like a a lot of the big players, if not all of the big players now, have actual commitments in place. And that's great to see actual trackable commitments in place for 2030. That It needs to be done. We know it needs to be done. Um, we're getting told all the time about how we're sort of killing the planet and things yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah, I think going forward, that's going to be a big, a big driver and a big opportunity as well is to really focus on what we're doing with carbon emissions and what we're doing with climate change and how every industry, not just in beauty, but I know I've been speaking about it in beauty, but every industry is, is taking that seriously. Um, because ultimately, although we always talk about killing the planet, we're actually just talking about killing ourselves. I mean, the planet will the planet is going to outlast us guys um so yeah it's about yeah keeping our lives going as much as possible so i think that's going to be a key key thing for people to to sort of tack on to and it's also about making it digestible and understandable for consumers because mm. it's all well and good all these like you know this companies are doing amazing things out there but if the consumer can't actually see it and feel it and yeah, understand yeah. it on whatever they're buying sure. then it's not going to really hit home and the message is so important, the way you put the message across, like, you know, some people get absolutely riled from, you know, a 16 year old telling you that you should change the planet. Cause it's like, Oh, who is she? Why is she? I'm not talking about anyone in particular there, obviously. Um, but, it, but they do people get so rattled by sort of the youth of today talking about these issues and things like that. Um, it, it's really important to have that message. I don't know the complete answer actually, cause I don't think there is a global answer, but yeah, to not do it in a patronizing way, just to do it in a completely supportive way. But that is ultimately what what we need to achieve, I think. In last year's holiday episode, all of our hosts went around and said um, their New Year's resolutions to give brands at least a one-on-one -on -one idea of areas they can innovate. So let's do the same thing as a wrap up this year and everyone can share their New Year's resolutions with the group. I know Ed is really eager to, to give us a little follow-up on what happened last year and, and bring us into the new year with 2021. 
Um, I, I last year um, told everyone I wanted to sort out my comic book collection, which um, has seen some immense success. I've bought a lot of cardboard to back them with. It costs lots, but I guess that's my travel money from not going into the centre of London every day. Um, this year, so I purchased one of those very nice appliances that I mentioned earlier. I bought a, quite a nice coffee machine to celebrate um, a big birthday I had. Um, and it does it has a steam one that I could put nice freshly roasted beans in it. I can make hearts out of my milk. I'm trying to make leaves and potentially that a swan. Is. So this year's uh, resolution, I would I would prove it. Um, and your resolution to open up a coffee shop is that that's well, what it sounds like. Well, that, that is the, that is the dream. <laughs> like a comic book coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Please, will you Love invest in me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so that's my, I want to make, be able to make leaves and swans out of milk in my coffee. That's my 2021. Very aim. nice. I, wow. I do recall mine now. I, I remember saying that I, because I had a big birthday this year and I was getting my, I was, I was telling the, everyone that I was going to do this sort of big trip to the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you guys remember that, but uh, oh, wow. well, yeah. guess what? I cancelled it. That's How Arizona. Was trip, I, I can't, it was in the summer when things were spiking in Arizona. So I had to obviously cancel the trip like millions and millions of people did this year. So um, my mine will be to do a bit of revenge travel in 2021. I don't, I don't recall. I think last year, I don't think I said I had one. Um, so I don't really have one this year either, but maybe it's, maybe I'll be just be playing catch up actually. Cause like, like you said, Andrew, a lot of trips were canceled. So I think 2021, my resolution is pretty much going to do be to do what I was going to do in 2020. So travel and see people and catch up with family. Um, yeah. So I think that's going to be my resolution is to make sure that I actually physically see people now. Um, well, as long as it's safe, as long as it's safe and it's, it's okay to do so. Um, I think I'm, I'm getting a little bit zoom tired, um, a little bit as, as much as it's lovely to connect with people. Um, it's, it's, you, it's you quite, miss the cuddles. It's no, it's not really cuddles. I'm, I'm not that affectionate to be honest, as you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I just think it'd be nice to not be staring at a screen all the time. Um, and it'd be nice to sort of get back out of there. So I think that's my resolution will be to definitely, yeah, get out and see family and see people again. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon here. And I think I did the same thing as you last year, Andrew, and did not give a resolution either last year. So, um, and again, I think travel, see family, see friends. Yeah. And one, one more is probably take more pictures. I feel like my phone reel is notably empty this year, which obviously has driven a little bit in COVID-19. Uh, and so I feel like maybe get back into taking pictures and making, creating memories <laughs> rather than being sat in my living room. Yeah, I'm not one for making New Year's rev resolutions usually. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not going to be particularly... What a wonderful festive bunch we are. <laughs> Do you want to invest in Ed's, to invest in Ed's coffee shop business? Uh, yeah. well, Get a vaccine. Send, 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 send me one. the proposition and I'll let <laughs> you know. <laughs> will do. I'll write it up. <laughs> Show me the money. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen my kids in over a year, so I need to get back to the UK and see my kids. Um, I've got various things I want to do this year coming. I want to write more um, for myself rather than for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just start doing some things that I've always meant to do and never got around to. One of which, I mean, a simple one, really simple one is just composting. Mm. Very nice. <laughs> Last year, I issued a public challenge on this podcast to our Associate Director of Lifestyles in the Toronto office, Carol. 
Um, we did a burpee challenge last year to see who could outlast each other. I don't remember who won, but I will issue the same challenge this year and do our January of January fitness challenge uh, with our Mintel colleagues. So hopefully we can rope uh, all of you in to do that with us as well. Normally, I would say thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, and we'll be back next week. But we won't be back next week because this is our wrap-up of Season 2. So, listeners, please subscribe, rate, and review, and we will be back for Season 3 with another episode of Little Conversation. Little Conversation.